Yapa. And at the end of the day, whatever I say goes, the book stops with me. This is the Green Machine Podcast Manager Monday on a Tuesday. Way. <laughs> I believe that's uh, called Fashionably Late, Nick. Yeah, fashionably late. So we life got in the way last week, didn't it, lads? Just the way it went. And then Bank Holiday Mondays, we just, you know, we decided to all take annual leave, didn't we? But, but <laughs> yeah. rightly, but rightly so, rightly so. Just before we begin, sad news, of course, today, the passing of Alan McLaughlin. So we'd like to dedicate this episode of Manager Monday on a Tuesday to Alan and his family. And of course, we will be covering... Um, I suppose Alan's career on Thursday in our lives so please tune into that and of course today we will be discussing one of Alan's ex-teammates Steve Staunton and his managerial era so in our last episode we kind of spoke about the in-between didn't we in between the Brian Kerr and the Stan era which was interesting in its own right and things just got crazier lads didn't they yeah I, I remember this period um vividly actually and if there was ever just a period of hyperbole and bullshit this was it and creating a false dawn creating a, a man-made false dawn of ex-players and friends of stan and now having done the research here i know why and niall quinn oh dear you are very very culpable here and ray houghton and all these guys it was really really a disgraceful period of football if i'm being perfectly honest yeah, so Stan appointed in the January of 2006. And funnily enough, and this is something I didn't even realise at the time, we had to pay compensation to Walsall. 20, 20k, what a bargain. <laughs> Do you know when you, when, you see, when you see all these, oh yeah, you know, we have to agree financial package of like half a million or two point, you know, and it's like 20 grand, there you go. Back of a fag paper. Yeah. It sums it up. John Aldridge. John Aldridge as well was meant to be interviewed for the job, wasn't he? And didn't he bring Tranmere to the, the League Cup final? And that was kind of his only managerial experience, wasn't it? But then didn't he he didn't turn up for his interview because he heard kind of through the grapevine that Stan was going to be appointed. And as we mentioned in the last episode, the vivid memory I have of this time was Stan kind of getting chased around in a car park. And they were like, are you the next Ireland manager? And just the big cheesy grin. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ sign of things to come <laughs> oh, odd times and yeah, then it was a mad time really yeah. it was uh, this was just the start of ireland on the cheap basically like i yeah. think um yeah getting stan in just to it was just kind of mickey mouse operation um good management yeah just the desperation stakes and give it to a, a lad who's gonna yeah he's a legend on the pitch but no experience but you know it, it just seemed that we were going to have someone come in there who was pally with everybody and, you know, they were going to treat it like a Sunday pub team, basically, and meet up and have the crack and all that like they used to do. And, uh, like, you're, you're right there, Dave, what you said. Niall Quinn, very culpable in this. And what worries me is Niall Quinn, even today, still refers to the Irish team needs passion and stuff mm. like that. I mean, that's, that's what we thought we were getting with Stan because, mm. you know, as we'll come on to cover, we had the players, sadly, and um, he didn't get the best out of them, and we had some of the worst results and performances in in a long time under him. There's some. This was... there, there, there's an interesting quote actually that I remember, and this is never mentioned. I remember Stan saying, "We're going to play a good British style of football." Hmm. 
that's never mentioned. And I was looking it up beforehand, and I couldn't find the quote, but I definitely remember him saying, we're going to play a good British style of football. Yeah, he was just referring to just direct, you know, get you know get bodies in the box, hit the ball into the box, score as many goals, kind of blow away the... Uh, blow away the, uh, the the team at home and this kind of nonsense. Like, it, it, was just, it was just, this was just a disgraceful period of football. I mean, we had a very good young side, good young players coming through. Wasn't our, wasn't our, uh, wasn't our brightest bunch, you know what I mean? But it was a very decent side. It was a very good side, you know, and anyone, half a decent manager could have really got some great results and, and qualified with this team. Like, there, there was enough quality, no, no real world-class players other than Che Given. You know, Duff was on the wane at this time, and he was on the wane at this time. But Gibbon was still top, top class. So he was our best player. He was top, top, absolutely world class. No doubt about about him. And he, this guy comes. In. This was just a reaction to Brian Kerr. This was an uh, this was an answer to the Brian Kerr question. People were giving out about, and it was and it goes to show you the level of expertise. And we saw it with Niall Quinn, by the way, when he was having a go at. Uh, um, Keith Andrews, when he says, "Oh, you know, it looked better with these with with the older players there, Keith." You know what I mean? Like, I felt better as a fan, and that was the level. That was the level of in depth uh, analysis we we sort of got there from Niall Quinn, and that's how this whole thing was treated. It was like, lads, we didn't play very well in the last couple of games on the Brian. The team were a bit unhappy. You know, they lacked passion. Well, we know a guy who's got passion. He's going to get us to play with passion. Never mind all the tactical stuff. Never mind the training. Never mind any of that. We're going to get him playing with passion. And it, hmm. it was a, it was an embarrassment, and I again I'm actually getting angry. Jeez, I'm not. We haven't even started, and I'm getting angry just talking <laughs> about this. But I have watched a lot of the matches. I've watched a lot of the stuff, and Jesus Christ, lads, this is a disgrace. The whole thing is just a shit show from start to finish. Yeah. So in the lead up to the actual, I suppose that famous three 0 win against Sweden. So the Euro 2008 draw was made, and of course Ireland were fourth seeds. In a group containing Germany, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Wales, Cyprus, and San Marino, so there was about twenty teams in that group, <laughs> and a couple of a couple of things to note that happened kind of prior to the first game, of course. So Shea Given, named Player of the Year, and Stephen Elliott, the Young Player of the Year, and another thing worth noting was that Mick Byrne returned to the setup, um, and what didn't they didn't they run to him straight away? Didn't Robbie Robbie Keane or Damien Duff run to him? in the Sweden game when they scored yep. uh, to Mick Byrne. And of course, Robbie Keane appointed captain and Shea given appointed vice captain uh, prior to the first couple of games. So we kick off lads against Sweden. And as I mentioned already, a three nil victory, Damien Duff, Robbie Keane and Lee Miller kicking off what looked like um, to be a golden generation of Irish football under the uh, tactical maestro that was Steve Staunton. I think Ibrahimovic went off or went off after about five minutes, so that was probably a lot to do with it. But um, oh, certainly that a promising game. start, and 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 not really um, a shape of things to come by any means, unfortunately. Well, in a way, it kind of was in, in a weird way. That result totally flattered to deceive. Uh, watching that game back, and I watched it in its entirety. Sweden had a world class forward line of Henrik Larsson, sorry Henrik Larsson, and. Uh, and Ibrahimovic and Ibrahimovic, they were causing us trouble. We were six or sevens at the back, and essentially he went off. They qualified for World Cup, like they were going to the World Cup. They didn't really care. They didn't yeah. want any injuries. And um, we, you know, every every team when they have like a bit of a bad sort of, they go through withdrawal sy- um, symptoms, and uh, withdrawal syndrome of a previous manager. And some of that can be the new manager bounce. To quote Alan Pardew. 
Um, and that's all this was. It was really we we got the that game. We could have lost that game three 0 just watching back, mm. and the Duff goal was, was a deflection. It was very poor. Niall Quinn was a disgrace on commentary with this. I mean, mm. I was listening to this, and he's just like, oh, look at this now. We're playing great here, lads. This is fun. <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh, Bobby <laughs> Robson. He did his knee, and he did when he was in training. Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, Mick Bourne now. He's brilliant. He's sitting there now. This is great. And <laughs> it's just a complete wank fest. And it, it, I, I thought it was so disrespectful towards Brian Kerr. Now, I wasn't Brian Kerr's biggest fan. Anyone you want to hear that, you just listen to the last couple of episodes, right? It wasn't his biggest fan. Um, but this was a disgrace. And I thought the players were disgraceful the way they went on. It was just two fingers to Brian Kerr. Straight over to the manager. Ah, yes, here's our guy, you know. And Noel Quinn was part of it. I thought, why is he so vociferous in this? And then you realise, Noel Quinn's the guy that got him hired. He got, he got Stan hired. Hmm. And, he, and here he is on a microphone. And then, oh, uh, your man Dempsey as well. He was at Sky at the time saying we all the time with Ireland. Fair enough. And they were just going. And, you know, to be fair with Frank, we, we, we kind of have a go of Frank being a bit dour and miserable. Just read his book, frankly um, speaking. Um, but he was the one saying, like, I'm not going to get, um, I'm not really going to uh, go cock a hoop over this because it's a friendly like lads you know calm down but everyone else was just like oh this is amazing this is fantastic even Dunphy was saying that like this is a great period of Irish football utter nonsense utter nonsense sorry I'm starting on the rants early but absolute utter nonsense but haven't watched it back I tell anybody out there it's on YouTube watch the game back it's a disgrace well the first it was an onslaught the first few minutes wasn't it from Sweden and then as soon as Ibrahimovic went off it just stirred yeah. their momentum completely. Liam Miller of course the late, late Liam Miller scoring an absolute screamer as well so definitely um a very memorable moment for a lot of Ireland fans when they when they think of Liam Miller. And then just a couple of months later we played Chile 1-0 loss to Turo scoring scoring after 50 minutes and um I just remember Noel Quinn in that one as well saying hey Kevin Doyle was the best player to get up in the air since him. <laughs> oh lads Christ unbelievable stuff unbelievable stuff and then just another thing I know so Stephen Carr had kind of taken a back seat hadn't he under Brian Carr and he did come back into the fold so this kind of started this whole idea of Steve Finnan and um, and Stephen Carr kind of playing in the same team Finnan kind of played either on the right wing or he played left back and Stephen Carr, of course, coming back into the fold so then we come into a very uh, very action-packed August of 2006 so just after the world cup and sadly bobby robson was taken ill at an ipswich town game and that turned out to be the brain tumor that unfortunately um you know was unfortunately the reason that we we said goodbye to bobby robson not so long after and it was confirmed that he was going to miss the the opening qualifiers against germany and cyprus so that was that was a very sad moment for for everyone in the footballing world but also a, a very early dismantlement of this dream team that had been promised by the FAI. And just a couple of days later, Gary Breen retired at the age of 32. And then just to make things even more interesting, <laughs> a couple of days later, a man with a gun threatened the team in Port Marnock, just down the road from myself. And it turns out that it was, it was a fake gun. Um, but, but that was, that was a big story at the time. Wasn't it? Stan got a bit of a fright. All right. <laughs> I, I, I actually remember, I could tell you, I suppose, it's not, is it funny? I don't know. Uh, I'll let you decide. But I remember I was, I was in a taxi. Um, it was the round, I think we lost some of the, you know, the results we're going to cover here, the more infamous results, shall we say. And I remember some guy, taxi 
driver goes to me in Dublin goes, you know, you, oh, the whole team's a joke and, you know, you have that fella. Like, imagine getting all the way, getting that close to Stan and having a fake gun. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, well. you know. <laughs> now, of course, the guy didn't mean any harm. That's just Dublin humour, you know. But, yeah, yeah, I remember that <laughs> at the time. Poor fella. Just another lesson. Yeah, and just a couple of days later, we get absolutely spanked by the Netherlands, 4-0. So, uh, Huntelaar, Robin, Van Persie scoring, and I just remember Stephen Reid was captain. It was a fairly depleted team, wasn't it? But then very early calls from Eamon Dunphy in particular to Sakstan after only three games. <laughs> I, was at, I was at that game, and you know what? I was actually working, and for once, I finally got to work in the West End where you'd probably take like 15 dockets for the whole day, as opposed to the East End. Anyone remembers the old Paddy Perrow East End? Chances are, during this period, I took your bet. I couldn't see. I could just see your hands coming through the window and the, the money in the dockets. And I actually got a chance to enjoy the game, sit down. We got we got a sweet seat in the bucket seats right by the goal line. I thought, uh, by the uh, touchline, I thought, fantastic. And it was this. We got absolutely spanked. We're 3-0 down by half-time. Sure, the game's over. Yeah. Um, although I did get to meet Marco Van Basten, to be fair. I said low to him, which was, for me was an absolute uh, dream. Go true. He was the manager at the time, I believe. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Dunphy was right. He was right. And we were we were a mess. Chile was bad. And, and there were like, um, there were conflicting calls between Robson, I heard. Um, at the time where he's actually saying, you know, he's demanding that the players push up and stands shout, no, 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 you know, push back a little bit. Mm. And you kind of realize this probably isn't going to work here. But the Netherlands thing just kind of, yeah, the mask had completely gone. It was on the floor. It's broken. It's in pieces. And we were, we were in serious trouble. Yeah, and it set the tone for the next couple of months. So we go away to Stuttgart where we lose 1-0 to Germany. So Lucas Podolski scoring the only goal of the game. We were absolutely awful. And even just before the game, lads, just a couple of things that stood out to me. <laughs> I just remember Stan with the St. Bridget's Cross. And I don't know who was being interviewed at the time. Um, it might have just been, was Tony O'Donoghue the, the correspondent at the time? Would he have been in 2006? Whoever the, It was either whoever the correspondent was or else it was maybe a player being interviewed pre-game. And Stan just kind of sneaks in. Well, no, I don't know. I don't think it was no, Ray Houghton. No, no, it was. It was Ray Houghton. I remember this. And was it? Stan, was it Ray Houghton? Stan, Stan yeah. just sneaks into the shot, like st- sneaks into the shot of the of the camera, and is just kind of looking over his shoulder, kind of creepily. It was. It was bizarre. Yeah, it was that, bizarre. That was that was Ray Houghton. Um, because Jesus. they that was this that was to get that was the stadium where we beat. Uh, England and they had him yeah. on the pitch and all of a sudden Ray Houghton was called Razor all of a sudden out of you know absolutely never called that before but he's called Razor in the papers and he got him to reenact uh, the goal in, in the goal actually where he did it and, he, <laughs> yeah. and I think he I think he was talking to George Hamilton and it was the pre-game you know where they go and we go over to the stadium now to George Hamilton yeah because it, it was pitch side it was pitch side yeah. all right but just and remember, Stan, Stan was just, he just appeared out of nowhere and he's just yeah. staring at him. It was creepy. It was one of the creepiest yeah. things I've ever seen. It was hilarious, though. <laughs> it was pretty It was pretty bad. And I remember Eamon Dunphy just like, oh, yeah, this guy's a clown. <laughs> you know, in his article on Monday. But yeah, he's like, like a child, man. It's like a man. Yeah, child. I mean, just, just going to Germany, I mean, this was the one that a lot of the fans were looking forward to going back to Stuttgart as well. And yeah, like you said, there was a lot of, um, a lot of excitement going back to Stuttgart and there was a whole thing. I remember like back in these days when on the away trips, um, the Irish Daily Star were mad for, you know, nostalgia and everything like that. So I remember 
you could be walking down the street and they'd have, you know, they'd be taking photos of fans together and stuff. And I think Ray Houghton was, was out and about in town and, you know, they'd done the recreation of the goal in the stadium. I remember that. And they they had Daily Star Irish papers basically giving them out free on the streets of Stuttgart. Um, brilliant trip because of that. You know, everyone, I remember there was even a Ray Houghton way, you know, um, poster as well, like that you could have a photo with and there's all sorts of nostalgia and, and reminiscence of the game. I remember as well, it was um, All-Ireland Hurling weekend as well, because um, I missed the Kilkenny game. And I remember like just the pubs are just absolutely packed over there. All the Irish bars, packed people queuing into them and, you know, just all desperately trying to see, I think there was another game in our group, trying to see that and then head off to the stadium. But um, it was, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, for the game itself, I just remember um, Stan, you know, just showing his experience and kind of immaturity, I would say, when he got, I think he got sent off, didn't he, for kicking a water bottle. and. yeah. Great strike, though. Pa- a, shown passion. Shown yeah, exactly. Acting the clown, though. I mean, passion. that was just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. they were very lucky with their goal. It was a deflection, I think, a free kick. And stuff uh, we were turning. Yeah. And, we uh, but we didn't do anything spectacular in the game. And, yeah, it was a shame, really. You know, just didn't really perform. We didn't have any notable chances that I can remember. I mean, they were very... Jeez, oh, you look at their side. They were, they were very, very good. Uh, Schweinsteiger, Closer, and Podolski. You know, Balak was there as well then. Um, it was a... Really good trip, as I said. We um, we had a, certainly enjoyed the kind of highlights of Stuttgart and we're actually staying in the German team hotel, so it was brilliant. We got to see them come through the reception and you know chat to. I remember asking Miroslav Klose, "Was he coming to Man United?" And he just said, "Speak to the coach. Speak to the coach." Yeah, I've got direct access to Fergie Miroslav. I'll sort that out for you. That must have been one of Martin. That must have been one of Jurgi Lowe's first games. I think it was. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, because yeah. this was the first one. The clever th- yeah. thing of this was obviously this was the um, after the World Cup 2006, and there was a brilliant coup. I will use the word. And you're like that, David, for a military coup almost, um, <laughs> in securing tickets. Tickets went on sale for this in during the World Cup. And uh, so, and the game was going to be in Stuttgart, so everyone wanted to go to it. And our club, the Rich London Club, we, we drafted, uh, there was a website that they were going on sale on. And we basically translated it and sent around a memo to all our members saying, if you want tickets for this game, um, this is what you do. This is a translation, and we—it was on the news. It made the news in Germany, from basically Ireland. We snapped up a whole zone, uh, a zone section in the in the German end, basically, of tickets for the game, which was brilliant. Like, and that, but it was good, you know. They were they were happy with that anyway. Irish fans weren't mm-hmm. going to cause any trouble. But I remember doing it during the World Cup, was when they went on sale, and I was thinking that was a bit stupid of you to to. Um, kind of release that and because they weren't interested in the qualifier against Ireland uh, in the 2006 World Cup. Well, so. they didn't think they were going to do much today, the World Cup, because Germany was at a very low ebb. And yeah. when they, that World Cup was actually a real feel-good factor for them. So they thought, you know what, like we're going to struggle to sell these tickets. And then it turns out that they had a really good World Cup. It's like, oh, we like Germany again. So, yeah, it was, it was fantastic coup there. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, Stuttgart as a, uh, as a town was really good. And, you know, like... What was lovely, uh, I know this is very nostalgia-led now, but um, I was with uh, a, a lad, actually, sadly passed away. Steve O'Carroll was a member of the club, and um, his son now, Sean, is, the chair, is a club secretary. And he kind of, we were all having a drink around, you know, the Steiners were flowing and all that stuff. And he kind of went off 
for a little walk. He said, I'm just going to go off for 10 minutes. And he came back and he said, you know where I went? I said, oh, where'd you go? He goes, when I was here for the England game in uh, June 88, he said, I went into that church there and I lit a candle and I said a prayer. And he goes, I just went and done the same thing. I thought that was just lovely. Uh, Jesus, like, you, know, you remembered it. Well done. That's probably why it was. That's probably why it was only one nil, Martin. Yeah, honest. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, well, I tell you what. Well, anyone yeah. has any doubts over Shay Given? Uh, I know. Sorry, I know we're going to move on, but Shay Given in that game was absolutely magnificent. Excellent. It wasn't for yeah, him. It could have been ten nil. Yeah, and he was unlucky with the goal as well, deflection, as we said. So, no, Shay Given showing his class in that game, and the candle mustn't have worked, Martin, because uh, just just over a month later, and we could put a whole episode. Into this, of course, the 5-2 loss to Cyprus and Nicosia. Um, Stephen Ireland, of course, opening the score and Richard Dunn equalising. But sadly losing 5-2 with Kevin MacDonald in interim charge with Stan suspended. And Kevin MacDonald describing his international debut as a manager as a kick in the bollocks. And Mark Lawrenson post-match saying it was the player's fault as opposed to Stan and Kevin MacDonald. So... It was, um, as I said, we could put a full episode to this one, lads, but it was a, it was an outer body experience. I'll put it that way. Very, very I, strange, I, very bizarre. Stephen Ireland, of course, shown his, his quality, great finish. Um, and Richard Dunn, of course, towering, towering with the header. But Jesus, it was a nightmare. I think I shed I, a few tears in that. I was only a kid. I was only a kid, but I think I shed a few tears. It was a difficult watch. I remember this actually. Um, I was watching this in Paddy Powers, Marlborough Street. I was cashing up and I had it on the telly. And I was going over to the pub to watch it in Abbey Street and just getting ready. And I'll catch the first half and work. And I remember, you know, went went we went up and then, you know, all of a sudden it was two two. I went over to the bar and then like all of a sudden it was three two. And I'm going, oh god, this isn't good. And it just fell apart. Once Richard Dunn went, thought like really fell apart. And I remember my brother was actually he was doing a recce over Malta for his uh, wedding. And he came in, at, and we were 4-2 down at the time. And I remember, like, just on the phone, so I was like, oh, yeah, did you get it? Yeah, yeah, got in, Malta's great. How, how are we getting on in the match? You know, this, this, you know, before social media or anything like that. And I was like, it's 4-2. Wow, 4-2, really? Jesus, you know, well, you know, shouldn't really be shipping to them, but, you know, yeah, I'll take that. I was like, no, 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 4-2 to them. I was like, fuck off. And all I, all I heard was outside the pub was, oh, Jesus. And I popped my head in and went, no, it's 5-2. And he just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I always remember Ronnie Whelan at the end of that just going, it's Cyprus. Just, you know, everything was like, it's, it's Cyprus. Yeah. When he, it was TV3. Lads, of course it's TV3 again, I'm telling you. I'm telling you now. TV3 Dude, that's curse. another episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, travelling to this game, you know, we were, this was again, we'd been in the year before, hadn't we? Yeah. In Cyprus, and it was the one where we won one nil, and Shea saved the penalty. And again, everyone was going for the kind of holiday trip, good time of year in a way, get a little bit of sun at the end of the year. And that was the mindset basically. And you know, after the first eight, you know, scoring a goal early, we thought, oh, here we go, this is this is what we've come to see. And then it just fell apart. It was embarrassing. I mean, I know it was. We did have injuries. We didn't have Shea given. Uh, we had Paddy Kenny in goal, and if you think back. I just quickly looked it up there. Paddy Kenny had seven caps for Ireland. Against Holland, he let in four. And against Cyprus, he let in five. So he, I've read his book. It's very good, actually. Um, And, you know, this is the night he basically, I think Stan, again, probably shown a bit of immaturity because it was just a crap uh, performance overall. Yeah. Um, I think he tried to ship the blame on Paddy Kenny. And I don't think he was at fault for all the goals, to be honest. Um, And, you know, this was just, this was embarrassing. What was really disappointing, though, on this one was, you know, as I said, a lot of fans were there. A lot of the 
players' families were all in the Irish end as well. But people had indulged in the kind of summer sun um, and, well, end of summer sun. And, um, you know, basically pissed up in the crowd. But they, to, be honest, to be honest, I would say this was the most poisonous atmosphere I'd heard at an away game for a long time. It was really horrible being there. It was just, you know, every player was just criticised and abused, basically. It was horrible. And it's, I don't know where that kind of came from in a way. I know we hadn't been good and stuff in, in games, but I've never really seen the Irish support like that and turn on the players as they did. And I wouldn't even say a lot of them were genuine fans in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just there on the trip. Um, and I think that's kind of indicative of this campaign because, and probably the frustration with Staunton because the media started coming for him then. And you'll see later on as well, some of the media coverage is quite, very British-like in a way, and, and you know, calling them a muppet and abusive and stuff. And, and sadly, this was the night that, yeah, it was an outrageous performance. But this was the night where it, the fans, some of them, well, if you want to call them fans, had really turned on the players and were looking for scapegoats. And some of the abuse was just ridiculous. I, I think as well with this, um, what really rubbed salt in the wound that this really could have been ten to to Cyprus they actually started doing like back heels and flicks and missing instead of just putting the ball in the back of the net they're doing back heels and they actually started taking the piss and it was embarrassing I think where, where the the aggro towards the players was was that you have players like Robbie Keane and uh, I don't I don't keep singling out Robbie Keane but some of the senior players should we say you know the more um superstar type players you know people knew that what was going on there like on their off uh, days in terms of you know coming over for Ireland, Irish duty when they were on their days off and some of the uh, activities that was going on with some of the players yeah. and that the, they were kind of coming you know you guys are wealthy players and you're not and the consensus was you're not doing it for the shirt now I don't believe that I think they were and that was a point that Amy Dunphy raised or Jesus maybe what you can remember like from 15 years ago, but he, he was defending the players and he'd always defended the players. And he said, look at the game against Holland, look at the sweat on their backs. They are running around, but they don't know what they're running around for, you know, as, as well. So there's a bit of that. And yes, the, the, the view shouldn't be at the players. It should be. It's at the team, the management team, which yeah. was clueless, really. The lack of structure. And then just a couple of days later, we managed to, I suppose, salvage a bit of pride in a 1-1 draw with the Czech Republic. And the Czech Republic were one of the best teams in the world at the time. So just to put that into context, it was it was a huge result. And, you know, Kevin Kilban scoring, I think he he played on with blood in his eye. I remember he got a gash, I think, on his eyebrow or his head. I can't remember where, but he, he actually ended up with blood in his eye and he could only see out one eye. Ended up scoring a goal. And then, of course, we, we concede almost immediately. And a uh, real scratch team, wasn't it? Jonathan Douglas, I think. Paul McShane made his debut. Was it Wayne Henderson and goal? Like, it was it was a, a strange one, all right. And then, yeah, someone there? Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah no, sorry. I was going to say, I yeah, Paul, yeah, Paul, I remember this game for Paul McShane making his debut. And I remember, like, I think he got man of the match, you know, in this game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and they were, they were, Although to be fair, I think he was marking Jan Collar. So yeah. Jan Collar and he scored the goal. But he you know, I remember going up um around the press box after the game and stuff and I remember um like some of the press lads saying that's the that's a that's a great de- that's the best start de- de- uh, debut I've seen since Brady and things like that. He's really mm. getting carried away. But um Jesus. you know, he um he was uh, he was immense that night and you know that, that was a kind of strong squad you know like John O'Shea was probably just getting going again into into the team but yeah I remember Jonathan Douglas playing as well but um yeah, yeah it was, I think we were quite 
you know, I think we were really fearing a hiding, to be fair, after the yeah. Cyprus uh, debacle. So, yeah, we, we salvaged a bit of pride, but it was really impacting on our, obviously, qualification hopes. Yeah, we needed to win it, essentially, to, to kind of stay in contention. And then just a month later, we played our last ever game in the old Lansdowne Road. Andy Reid scoring, Kevin Doyle scoring his first ever international goal, and Robbie Keane scoring a hat-trick against San Marino. And then we move into 2007, Paddy Kenny stepping away from the international team after an unfortunate couple of months, as, as we mentioned, the amount of goals that he shipped um, in that uh, in that campaign. And then on the 4th of February, Shea Given was named Player of the Year again. And Kevin Doyle, who was about 29 at the time, was named Young Player of the Year, <laughs> <laughs> as the FAI tend to do, don't they? And then, of course, lads, just anyone who hasn't checked out our San Marino episode, please do. Um, but... Of course, we come to another outer body experience match in the Steve Stanton era. The 2-1 victory against San Marino was just felt like a loss. Of course, Kevin Kilban opening the scoring before Manuel Morani equalized with four minutes ago. And then Stephen Ireland scoring four minutes into injury time. As I said, lads, we we did cover this game in depth mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. And I do encourage people to check that one out because it is an interesting one. Martin uh, was at the game. So it was, uh, it was great to get his views in it. But Jesus, lads, it was just just bad to worse, wasn't it? It was just, you know, you think when we kind of felt that the Czech Republic was a turning point, it almost seemed to bring us back down to earth with this bizarre, bizarre match, scraping away a 2-1 two, two, victory against San Marino. Uh, well, it was in February now, Nick, to be fair. Like, you know, it's always a gamble <laughs> to play San Marino in February. And, you know, we'll be stronger in March. Yeah, it was yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't need to go into this too much because we covered in great depth. Yeah, this was just, yeah, it was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And um, I think a lot of people actually wanted San Marino to get the results because I think that would have um, propelled the um, just getting stand out really at this point. Mm. I know it might sound terrible, but sometimes you've got to take one for the team, you know? <laughs> Jesus, that's one way of, one way of putting it. And, uh, do you remember we spoke in, in the the feature episode that we did last and we said like when as soon as San Marino scored there was no panic there was no panic like I think Robbie Keane Lee Carsley can't remember who else it might have been Kevin Kilban they literally ran up to the centre circle to kick off like it was just it was very calm and of course we ended up scoring Stephen Ireland of course one of his one of his few goals in his short international career and then a month later in March 2007 we play our first ever game at Crow Park a 1-0 victory against Wales with Stephen Ireland scoring and just just this one lads only one now that um, I think I did mention this in a previous episode but I had a teacher in school Mr. Dooley was his name history teacher very scary but a good teacher and um, he was at the game because I think it was quite hard to get tickets at the time uh, for for the match because it was the first ever one at Croker but um, I remember that must have been on the Saturday and on the Monday we were like, how was the game, sir? You know, and he's like, Jesus, lads, he said I was behind the dugout and I have never in my life heard players um, giving, you know, back talk to the manager when he's given instruction. They're basically apparently they were just going against everything Stan was saying. Stan would say something and then one of the senior lads would say, fuck off, basically, you know. <laughs> so I think that was a big telltale at the time. Yeah, yeah this, I, this was a weird one. Uh, I mean, it was brilliant going to Croke Park and stuff. But yeah, as you said, tickets really hard to come by. Our, our tickets for this. It was weird because what they had to do, the FAI, they had to sort out, like, obviously accommodate the season ticket holders from uh, Old Lansdowne. And um, so they did that. But we were lower Hogan, I think, for this game. But, uh, I mean, it was it was weird, obviously, being in, in Croke Park, seeing massive 
you know, and looking up as well, um, you know, the hill and stuff. It was just a really weird situation and, and strange experience. I mean, they, they had a good side though, Wales. You look back at it now, they had, like Bale was in it, Giggs, Joe Ledley, Bellamy. They did have a kind of, it was always going to be a fought a bit tight and against Stephen Ireland come up with a bit of magic um, yeah. to, to, to win the game for Ireland. But I mean, it was, wasn't a vintage performance or anything like that. Yeah, so I just remember this obscure one, but Chris Gunter playing uh, on the right-hand side of a back three, and I think he was only about 17 or something at the time, and of course, he's still knocking around, and I think Craig Bellamy and Ryan Giggs probably should have scored in that game, and yeah, very like the Ireland team now, you know, the the, the current Ireland team, you know, very young average age, and of course, that, that Welsh team, you, you would have had, you know, your your Joe, well, no, Joe Allen wasn't around the time, I suppose your Gareth Bales, your... Chris Gunters and so on, your Joe Ledleys and your your Aaron Ramseys, and they were playing as teenagers, and then you know they get to a European semi final about ten years later. So just a, an interesting observation on it, David. You were at the game. Yeah, uh, I was very very blessed to be at the games. At the last game of Lansdowne, the first game in Crow Park, it was the worst one of the worst games I've ever witnessed. It was incredibly <laughs> bad. It really was. It was it was a state lovely stadium, befit you know it was not a game befitting an occasion. The, the occasion was fantastic. The FEI handled it very well. Uh, they had a pre... Uh, the night before, they actually had an open invitation to all living um, internationals, Ireland internationals, former and current, to come in and mingle, which was actually one of the very few good things that John Delaney uh, did. And that was lovely. Um, but I remember like the game being really poor. I remember being kind of half-sloshed, really, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, but Dunphy... Looking back, and I don't think he said he wanted uh, Ireland to lose, and that the game was up there with Egypt in 1990, which was a truly awful match. Uh, and he also said that the victory was a step towards nowhere, and it kind of was really. And you know, just before this game, it was rumoured that given Don and Robbie Keane were possibly going to retire from international football, the stand was fired. Now, Kevin Doyle yeah. came out and denied this, so you know, it was a very this, this was literally just paper and all the cracks. I actually remember turning around and saying to my mate. And I said, this is probably, at the level that they're at, I said, this is probably the two worst teams in Europe right now. With the two worst, sorry, the two worst managers in Europe right now was Steve Stone and John Toshak. And Toshak was brutal at the time. And yeah, it, it was just, it was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Yeah. And then just a couple of days later, we play Slovakia. A game that I was at, a 1-0 win. Kevin Dole scoring a header. Slovakia were excellent. I think they hammered. They were like hammering teams. I think they beat beat Wales like 5 or 6 nil or something in Cardiff yeah. and I remember breaking it I remember having nightmares before the game like actual not like you know not like um, like genuine nightmares where Slovakia were thumping us like 15 nil and mad stuff like that that was again I was very young and impressionable but um, yeah we scraped it scraped it 1 nil against Slovakia dominated that game completely controlled possession I think I went with my cousin my cousin Simon and I remember with about five minutes ago, I just left. I said, no, I can't watch the last few minutes of this, you know. And then I, I remember I remember this game, actually. I, it was probably we actually did quite well. We actually looked quite composed, even though, Slo- you know, we contained Slovakia and they were quite good. But just funny enough, before this game, Stan gave a 32 second pitch side update to the journalist and then he walked mm. off. And what I thought was funny when this whole thing started because Brian Kerr had a great relationship with the media at first and then that just kind of went downhill uh, rapidly especially towards the end 
And I remember all the players were coming out and they were kind of using the continental style and reading the newspaper saying, oh, yeah, the players are very relaxed and they're sitting down and chatting away to, to everybody. Sure, it's grand. Like, you know, you know, journalists can pick a player and he could talk to them. And that's how this whole thing started off. But uh, at this stage, the wheels are very much coming on and a relationship with the media is absolutely disintegrating quicker than a disparate. Yeah. And then the famous trip to the USA. <laughs> Again, another scratch, not even a scratch a scratch team, but a scratch squad, you know, Joe LaPera, Joe O'Carroll, um, Joe Bennett, Jesus, it was an unusual one, wasn't it? Rollin Bennett, rather. So, a one one and Joe LaPera's, uh, you know, long-anticipated debut, I suppose, <laughs> and a one-all draw against Bolivia. So, Kevin Doyle scoring against Ecuador, and Shane Long scoring against um, Bolivia, so yeah, just a, an unusual one, and then just to prolong our unbeaten run, a 4 0 victory against Denmark, which was their heaviest defeat in 48 years. So, Robbie Keane scoring two goals, and Shane Long scoring two goals in our house. Um, and then they managed to get a bit of revenge a few years later, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was at this. Um, this was a really good trip, obviously, and and we don't often see Ireland scoring four goals. And yeah, brilliant, really, really good trip. And um, yeah. yeah, it was good. Um, what have I got to say? Interesting about this, I've got a linesman's flag that was used in that game, and I've also got a Denmark sock. So that's a little bit of trivia oh. for you. I hope you washed it, Martin. In my memorabilia collection. Um, yeah, that's what I managed to <laughs> find afterwards when retrieving my flag from the side of the pitch somewhere after the yeah. game. You've got to hang around a bit for that, but you never know what you're going to find. Um, and that's what I managed to get. But yeah, good, good little trip that. And then obviously, yeah, we've been back to our house uh, since. And yeah, not as, not a really, not as happy hunting ground on that occasion, of course. But um, yeah. yeah, good trip though. Unusual stadium, and then just a couple of weeks later, we played Slovakia. <laughs> and it was it was a Bratislava. It doesn't really matter. I think it was Brat. Don't was it just sorry Bratislava? But a two all draw, um, two one up, with literally seconds to go, and Marek Cech scoring the last minute winner, or sorry, the last minute equaliser. Felt like a loss though, didn't it? After Stephen Ireland had given us a lead again, his last ever game for Ireland, and Kevin Doyle scoring an absolute screamer. What looked like to be the winner. Yeah. Oh, lads, that, that that was a tough one to take. That that was very much like Israel in two thousand and five, wasn't it? You know, just um, this inability to hang on. And again, when things looked like they were picking up a little bit, it just it just seemed to bring us right back down to but earth. Th- this was yet again. Uh, you know, you look at if you look at these, you go, God, you know, two two against Slovakia, and then you know the next game, and oh, it wasn't too bad. Now th- this was dreadful. Um, this really showed how poor Stan was, and and he wasn't learning and actually Brady would come out and say Stan is not going forward that that's a quote tactically inept that's a quote from Dunphy and you know Stan had gone on about he's changed trying to change the mentality now he got a few wins under the belt that win against Denmark that's a great win that was a very young Ireland team though. I doubt there was experimental yeah. side very attack minded Dar- and- Darren Gibson's uh, debut as well didn't yeah, he set up I- Shane Long's goal yeah, yeah, and Andy Reid, Andy Reid in the center as yeah. well. I think he he had a beautiful ball. Uh, I think for Robbie Keane for one of those goals. And you think this is brilliant. And then what does he do with this? Like he, Andy Reid and Hunt played very well in that game, as I've written in the notes. And they're on the bench. Yeah. For the Slovakia game, they don't come off. Stephen Hunt was one of our best players, other than the goalkeeper. He was probably our best outfield player for Stephen Hunt when he came on, and he gave his energy. Mm-hmm. 
gene. They gave us that little bit, you know, of vigor. And all of that was missing. And you're thinking, Christ, he was one getting of, it. Yeah, he was one of the players of that campaign, wasn't he? Because I remember him coming on against Slovakia. Yeah. And we were 1-0 up at the time in, in Crow Park. And um, sorry, this is the this is the home game. And I just remember we needed to kill the game off. And Hunt came on. And he just got the head down, started running into the corner, started making yards, you know, just just keeping hold of the ball, basically. So it was a game that was screaming out for him. And of course, after the game, lads, that's when the infamous Granny Gate fiasco happened with Stephen Ireland, sadly. And again, another this like this era just has so many standalone episodes that we'll probably do. But oh, again, Granny Gate was just one of them, wasn't it? It was um just the yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say up there with Saipan, but just another shambolic, uh, yeah. shambolic series the, of events involving a, a midfielder from Cork. Yeah, this was an example of uh, of lack of management skills, and 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 he basically didn't have the respect of the squad. There was a lot going on. We've had a lot of stuff come out even since then of what happened. The Granny Gate thing was one thing, but then you've you know I've read a few things from Stephen Ireland since you know and he you know there was allegations of bullying and things like that. Um, it was just a really weird, weird kind of time with it, and Stan never really killed those rumours or, or dealt with it very well. You know, trying to keep things in house, but then there was just so many leaks and things. It was, it was just a really strange one. I mean, the, this this campaign as well. You have got to remember that they arranged these games very much when you know a double header basically. If you could play the two games away, and this was a brilliant trip. We went to Slovakia. It was in Bratislava, and I remember not my favourite place in the world. Um, not they're not very friendly um, and um, they're yeah pickpocketed in heaven as well sadly so that kind of sums it up for me but um, yeah it was just a really I didn't I didn't enjoy that part of the trip Slovakia um, but we were going on to uh, Prague for the second game and uh, I actually hated I'll be honest hated Bratislava so much I said I've I'm going down to Prague now, basically, as soon as we could get out of there. <laughs> I just I just found that it was it was really weird. I, I know hopefully some of our listeners go to regular games and things like that, but this one was like I was just outraged in a way at the UA for security. You know, like our stadiums are really safe. I know they are for a reason, obviously Hillsborough and the terrible disasters we've had over the years and you know, our stadiums we're, we're very blessed to have safe stadiums. This is like where I remember like this piece of metal going through a trainer and stuff like because you know in the stands they're just so unsafe but like it was just ridiculous there and fans queuing up for watered down beer that was all basically zero percent anyway um yeah. fa- Irish fans were leaving the great game that 2-2 game just to basically go and see some of the other delights of of Bratislava to be honest <laughs> it was a really weird one you know that again I, I this our support around this time I don't want to be too critical about Ireland support, but I want to just be honest. You know, a lot of people were going on the jolly ups here on these trips. Saw it as a double header to Slovakia and obviously going on to Prague and um, weren't really bothered about the football. And I think we didn't have much to look forward to on the pitch, really. And I think it kind of sums up the Irish support were very much in a mess in a way, same as the team were. Um, I remember going down to Prague then and... Um, brilliant that that part of it kind of did rescue for me that was a really lovely city to go to um you know the one of the things again like it's very valid what you mentioned about Stephen Hunt he was an impact sub for us at that time and I think he'd but he sadly had this reputation I think this is the year where Peter Checker got injured in the challenge with him Mm -hmm. and you know our songs (laughs) 
where Hanty's gonna get yeah, Hanty's gonna get yeah. And when he got put on <laughs> as a sub, he lasted like five minutes before he got sent off. Yeah. Totally wrongly, you know, it was total disgrace that he was sent off in that game. But that was just because their fans were on him. It was it was a ma- it was really really weird trips. I mean, that, those those kind of countries, their fans are very hostile, uh, very aggressive. Um, you know, Irish fans want to crack and have a laugh and stuff like that. But I remember even there was netting between us and the home fans in the Czech Republic. And, you know, like there was like all sorts of abuse flying back and forth and threats and everything like that. But the loveliest thing with it was, you know, we lost 1-0 in, in that game. And, um, you know, we, we knew it was gone then. But, you know, Irish fans are then reaching through this netting that, you know, for 90 minutes has been cordoning you off from making out you're going to kill each other and then you're shaking hands through this net. I thought it was very funny, really. <laughs> kind of summed up the, um, just the kind of, we, we kind of gave, given up on any thoughts of that, thankfully, but it was just, uh, just summed up the, the, the Stan era. Yeah, it, more I or mean, less ended our campaign as well. And the same referee that sent off Andy O'Brien. And just a strange one, lads, yeah. this was the same night as my junior cert results. I was drunk as a skunk in Barcode in Fairview. Good times. I, I, I don't blame you. Don't blame you. Um, yeah, this everything was just wrong about this. Um, the team selection team against Slovakia when Stephen Hunt, uh, Stephen Arm was taken off. Obviously, that was his last game in Bratislava. And you know, Jonathan Douglas replaced him, a defensive midfielder, total polar opposite. But Stan comes out and says, "Yeah, he came on because uh, you know he Stephen Hunt had a knock, or Stephen uh, Arm had a knock." Just as nonsensical gibberish that Stan's coming out with, like he's trying to, you know, he's bumbling over everything. You realise that, you know, the game is up at this stage. He hasn't a clue what he's doing. You know, he's contradicting himself constantly. And it was just really poor. And even that game against Czech Republic, I have actually watched that back as well. You know, we hit the post and had a ball cleared off the line. And we actually could have won that in in a weird in a weird way, which would have kept uh, the train going nowhere. The train to Cork, as Dunphy um, would say. It was just rubbish. It was absolutely rubbish. And... You know, there was a call after the match where Bill asks Eamon, you know, like, would you give him any credit? And I was like, give him no credit. Give him absolutely no credit. And he does look like a guy in the Phoenix Park, which, by the way, is one of the funniest uh, Dunphy put-downs I've ever heard. It was just shocking. <laughs> Everything off, no, nothing made sense. You know, and you watched it, the team selection never made sense. You know, Hunt came on, you know, he kept he kept persisting with Aidan McGeady. You know, Aidan McGeady wasn't really doing the business, something that would continue <laughs> throughout his career but he wasn't doing it and when Hunt was playing he was doing it and it just it was so so frustrating and it was that Czech Republic game um, where we were good as out where basically Brady you know says he's got to go you know uh, although Stan afterwards says we're in a rebuilding process and it's coming along nicely I don't know what games he's watching or mm-hmm. what he was watching but it was just it was just a mess this was anyone I saw a tweet from Frank Gillespie um on twitter and uh, anyone knows frank gillespie obviously like he's a super fan uh, not like r martin but uh, you know, he's a super <laughs> fan and uh, obviously had the fallout with roy Keane there and I, I think he was trying to defend um stan in a tweet saying oh well they tried to do you remember the last time they went with the the, the rebuilding process with stan and he was hounded out and he should have been allowed to do the job I mean, that is just utter nonsense. Like, it was an absolute joke, and it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. And, you know, people are talking about how um, 
I'm probably I'm probably peeking too early here in my rant, but people are going on about how the Stephen Kenny era was worse than Stan. It absolutely wasn't. Absolutely nowhere near the Stan mess. You know, these players and Dunphy was absolutely spot on here. These players deserved so much better. These were good players. And we were just wasting them with this nonsense. Absolute nonsense it was. It was just 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 a disgraceful period, you know. And yeah, obviously we were out. We were as good as out, but you know, it was, yeah. I mean, we were as good as out, but we weren't out, which is kind of weird, really. But yeah, it was just, it was really, really just depressing stuff. Yeah, and of course, John Delaney giving his back into Steve Staunton and the likes of Liam Tui coming out and supporting him as well. So yeah, it was almost a division between, you know, what the fans wanted and what those higher up wanted. Nothing, nothing new there, lads. Anyway, so we. So it's the October then, isn't it? And we play Germany in, in what's essentially a dead rubber. Another game that I was at. And I remember, I don't know who the centre half was at the time um, or who was meant to be starting at centre half. Probably Andy O'Brien. And I think he was ruled out kind of last minute. And Joey O'Brien, so he was a right back, still playing playing for Shamrock Rovers now, but he was a right back with Bolton at the time. And Stan put him into centre half. And he had one of the best games I've ever seen from his centre half. He was unbelievable. He was only about... 19 or 20 at the time but he was class and I just remember again as I said I was at the game and I was right in front of this Robbie Keane threw on goal thought he was offside just stopped playing and I think he tried to lob was it, it would have been Jens Lehmann I suppose in goal and he just kind of he just kind of miscontrolled it kind of passed it into him almost and we probably should have beaten them 1-0 that night yeah but again a dead rubber and then of course we go away or sorry we don't go away Cyprus come to Dublin Confidence after beating us 5-2 in Nicosia and we draw one all. Steve Finnan scoring an absolute thunderbolt in the last minute. And that essentially ended the Steve Staunton era, lads. Uh, yeah, this was yet again um, a surreal experience. At this time, I had become quite adept at um, actually sneaking alcohol into Croke Park. by um, And you had to watch Steve Stone Steve Stone's art it was that bad and I wish I knew you at the time David oh, you could have you you sorted that. me out <laughs> actually because what we used to do right we used to so I remember the Germany game especially I took my mate to that funny story here right I took my mate to that and it was his birthday and we had a spare ticket now we had four block tickets in the Hogan upper stand and we had the same tickets and it was my mate's dad that had them and I remember one that couldn't make it, so I gave it to my, you know, a good mate of mine. He, same fella actually commented on the, uh, on the, uh, the stream the other day, a certain Frank Donahue. But anyway, and we went out and we got absolutely smashed that day. We got absolutely hammered that day, and we we drank from twelve o'clock. We started on on uh, Marlborough Street. We made our way down down towards the Joneses Road, and I remember we were up in. Uh, uh, Dorset Street. Now I knew the Dorset Street pubs because I'd worked around there, knew a lot of families and all that. And we're sitting in this really rough pub, like, you know, interior hasn't been changed since like the late 80s, you know, really sort of, you know, don't come in here kind of thing unless you want to get, you know, your knee caps done. And I all like that. And they walk in and everyone's just kind of looking at him like mouths open. And like, hello, 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 hello. And he just starts sitting down like at random tables just talking to people. And they were great crack. They were fantastic. But um, anyway, I remember we, we got absolutely hammered and we wanted to keep it going. 
So what we did was, and it was something that I'd learned from a good friend of mine uh, who used to go to the matches with. It was actually his dad's mate who had the tickets. And he goes, right, we're going to do a rocket. And I said, what's a rocket? He goes, I'll show you. So we went and we bought this bottle of Coke, just a normal bottle of Coke, got a nagging of vodka, and you pour the Coke out or drink the Coke to where the label is, and then you put the vodka into it. Now, I was quite, you know, I'm quite a big lad, I suppose, and I'd always have this kind of puffer jacket on. And when we'd walk up to the stadium, and we'd always be nearly late, the anthems would be on. Basically, no one would be searching. He'd be like, quick, lads, get in. And I'd have the bottles. I'd be given all the bottles to put into my puffer jacket in the sleeves. So no one would ever check. And it didn't look out of place. And we just got in. No problem. Sat down and just passed out the bottles of Coke with the vodka. And we got so good at this. So good at this. We could actually do it and walk up to the stadium. And we knew, like, you could literally just drink it. And you knew in your head when to stop drinking or when to stop pouring. And you could do it. And you could pour the vodka into the thing and not spill a drop. We became so good at this. So a lot of these <laughs> matches, I, I did see, like, a little bit tipsy. I remember the Cyprus game because the atmosphere was just pure poison and i remember i was i was yeah i booed them i i was sick of it i had enough at this stage i was booing the players um i was booing them at, at, you know i wasn't booing the players i was booing everything just everything about it we were sick of it and i know I, my friend actually who didn't have the ticket for that game my best mate frank uh he, you know he says just just walk just walk out walk out of that game Seventy thousand had bought tickets but only fifty four thousand showed up like just walk out you know and i said no i'm gonna stay to the end and Steve Finn got the goal. Um, but I remember then afterwards, I was getting stick off people. I remember one, a, a good friend of mine, actually, she hadn't seen for a number of years. And she was like, uh, oh, were you in that stadium? The other day? I goes, yeah. Did you boo? I said, yeah, that's disgraceful. You're not a real Ireland fan. I was like, when's the last time you went to a match? I've never been to a match in my life. Fuck off then. <laughs> don't, don't say I'm not a real Ireland fan. You've never been. A lot of these people were, you know, were coming up. Oh, you shouldn't be booing the Ireland. It's like, did you go to the match? No, well, shut up then. You know, and yet again, of course, if they qualified, these people would be out with the with the hammers and the hats and all this kind of nonsense. But it was just pure poison. And uh, yeah, I think at this stage, then John Delaney in Slovakia, we forgot to mention, he almost had his car torn up by the fans. Um, at, you know, and it was really getting personal towards him. So it wasn't some, you know, he agreed to give Stan a four year deal, but obviously, you know, the wheels had gone on flying off, and it was he was now. Be- coming targeted and um a certain journalist we won't mention his name demanded his head in the paper in the irish times as well so i think when you know that really got the cogs turning in delaney's head now it was getting personal it was getting he was getting associated with this disastrous appointment the shambolic appointment and uh, obviously that would lead to uh, a few winds of change shall we say yeah absolutely and of course uh, an interesting one as well brian Kerr criticizing the the selection of Robbie Keane as captain I think that yeah. was that just kind of emerged after the Cyprus match and Keane of course going on the late late show um only a couple of nights later and blame so uh just odd that stuff was wasn't. I never liked that the, I never liked the appointment of Keane yeah I never liked the appointment of Keane anyway did you um, like ever see that he was only 25 at the time wasn't he yeah yeah I remember it well yeah yeah, yeah it was madness madness and he's like oh you know we don't want young, you know, young players coming over and you know this thing oh we don't want to I remember I was watching actually watching my mate Frank keep mentioning him and he's like oh you know young players are saying you don't want to come over and play and I remember Frank just goes well don't play then we don't want you there's the door and I was like, you're the yeah, captain yeah. you're the captain you have to take charge you know yeah there, there was there was that argument as well and then, um, just uh, literally days later, Steve Staunton's contract was terminated. And it was said that he asked each board member individually if he should stay or go. So 
Um, of course, they all told him to stay because uh, <laughs> he was a cheap because he was cheap. But he left anyway. And then in November, November the seventeenth, Don Givens took over as the interim manager. And sorry, David. The... I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. For once. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thought, 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 thought you were saying something to me, whispering sweet nothings into my ear. Um, so yeah, so Wales too. While Jason Kuma scoring twice, Robbie Keane and Kevin Doyle as well. So Don Givens, um, keeping up his drawing record as Ireland interim manager. And I think we wore black in that game. That was yeah, uh, in the Millennium did. Stadium. Yeah, there was yeah. about ten fans there. It was awful. Um, yeah, just absolutely. I mean, great stadium that is, and we were all really panicking. Um, at the campaign, I remember at the start of the campaign, we were all thinking, "Oh, this is going to go down to Wales Island, and yeah, how we're going to yeah. get tickets for that." Because we and we were all working out all these mad cap ideas of, "Oh God, this is what we're going to have to do." Um, in uh, just, I'm, I'm just looking at the teams of who played then because it was just a dead rubber. It didn't matter, and yeah, we wore the black kit. It was a lovely goal, I think. Robbie Kings one, or one of them was really good anyway. And I remember. Uh, I'm just looking. Freddie Eastwood plays for Wales. Do you remember him? He's yeah. The, uh, the traveller. Yeah, he was a traveller. Yeah. He actually qualified some... for Ireland. He did That's qualify right. for Ireland, I believe. Yeah. yeah and yeah. picked Wales instead. Yeah. I remember some like, Irish fans singing like oh, the wheels on your house go round and round, like that. <laughs> um, but the, um, it was it was just bloody awful that and and the, and the end of a campaign. And I think you know, like you just said there about Robbie going on the Late Late Show. In a way, I think this campaign, I hope Robbie Keane looks back on it and thinks, geez, I wasted this campaign really because this particular one, because it, this was in a way, I think Stan was looking at it that I'm going to evolve my team over the kind of yeah. 18 months, two years. And we did have some really experienced players playing. We had, God, you know, like you look at that squad now and players who played in it, we'd love them of that calibre now in, our, in the Ireland team. Uh, you know, we had a, Andy Reid was exciting, Liam Miller, Aidan McGeady, all very exciting players. John O'Shea, Steve Finnan was solid, uh, Shea Given, brilliant. Kevin Doyle and all the Reading lads were tearing it up, weren't they? Um, really, really exciting side uh, and Duffer as well. And and we just wasted it. Like, you know, I think the players just had a lack of belief in in Stan. You know, Kilban had to practically be begged to go on that uh, senior tour uh, of the... Of, of America that time, which to be fair, I think that probably I'd like to take a positive from that Stan, the Stan era would be that some of the players then, you know, bonded on that, that tour you would hope and, and enjoyed it and, and came back and they did have decent careers with Ireland and stuff. But uh, yeah, just on reflection, you know, they weren't a great Welsh side and Slovakia, you know, we got a good result against them, but I mean, the Germany, we're always going to be second fiddle to them. Um, yeah, we just blew it like and, and embarrassingly so with the crap. Uh, and we could have actually Cyprus. qualified, and, and we could have qualified really late on. Place. Yeah, we could have. Yeah, you know, like like the top two teams qualified because there was about fifty teams right. in our group. Yeah, top two teams qualified. That like, was a great chance. You know, Germany weren't great at the time. Um, you know, they would obviously they would get better players in uh, over the next couple of years, but they still didn't reach that point. Czech Republic were sort of a diminishing force at the time. I think we're coming down a little bit. We had a very good young side, and, and even and even like with, with with the absolute just one mess up after another, we we still had great chances to 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 actually go in. 
and get something out of this. You know, like if you get six points against Cyprus, which you should be doing, like we're right back in there. Yeah. And it's just, ah, it's a waste. That's how, if anyone, you know, how would you describe this campaign? An absolute waste. The players loved Stan because he played with him. And I know Stan is a very nice guy. Not disputing that. No one's disputing um, Steve Stoughton as a man, right? But as a manager, completely out of his depth. The players loved him because they allowed him to sort, you know, he brought back McBurn as the um he brought back McBurn, I think it was like the technical director or, or something like that. You know, he wasn't gonna be the physio, really. But he was the mother hen, as uh Noel Quinn described in that game against uh Sweden. You know, we bring him back, we bring back Tony Hickey, the security guy. He's the big bloke with the tash that you see in like every video uh, of the World Cup two thousand two. He brought back the yellow jersey in training, you know, where Brian Carrot sort of said, No, we're gonna bring the sort of sports science into this you know, Steve saw it and went, nah, we're going to get rid of all this sports science. We're going to make it fun again. And we're going to make it passionate. And we're Irish. We do things differently. We're going to go. We're going to go and get absolutely smashed. Um, we'll still get results because that's what we did in 1989. And it just, you know, football had changed. He hadn't a breeze while he was doing. This guy was the defence coach at Walsall under Paul Merson, for the love of God. <laughs> you know, Paul Merson and Steve Stoughton. Mm. It was like, yeah, it's like, it was like Stan got kind of put in charge as a bit of a joke, in a way. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think, lads, that they uh, were well, that they looked at that and they thought, well, and they thought this is maybe reminiscing of Mick McCarthy's appointment? You know, ex Ireland captain, young manager. I know McCarthy had a couple of years at Millwall, so maybe it's not very comparable. But do you think that maybe John Delaney and Cole were kind of thinking of it from that perspective? I, th- I think it was I just think done Delaney on the cheap. Delaney was low. Yeah, I think it was on the cheap and Delaney wanted to surround himself with legends. You look at the Robbie Keane appointment, bringing Mick back into the fold, bringing Roy Keane back into the fold um, after him and Keane had a lot of, uh, you know, terse words, should we say, over uh, the last few years post-Saipan. I think... Delaney, it was a political move. It was to get legends on board. He had Ray Houghton in his pocket. Um, you know, he had various other members of the media were, were on board with this. It was he was getting the legends on side. You get the legends on side, you don't speak out about legends. Irish, we love our legends. We love our heroes, as Jack Charlton once said. Ronnie Whelan even said on This Is Sky Sports, oh, there's a buzz around Dublin now. There was no buzz around Dublin. The media didn't accept this. The media were going, are you having a laugh? We were, I was looking at this going, are you having a lot? No one wanted this. Eamon Dunphy a little bit got behind now. He has subsequently denied this um, on being the caller saying, oh, there's no plan. No, no, he actually said it can work. I remember that saying it can work because Yogi Low. Uh, and it can, you know, then obviously when he saw it, like he, he immediately, when, when he saw the state of it, like he backtracked to be fair. Um, it was just political, and it was on the for John Delaney. This, if it worked out, he has a legend in his pocket, amongst other legends, and it obviously backfired spectacularly. And look, Bobby Robson as well. We we didn't mention it there, but in May it turns out that the tumor in his brain had spread to his lung, and you know it was it was come to the end for Bobby, which was absolutely dreadful. Um, but in theory, it you look at it and you go, ah, oh, that looks a bit, you know, that looks a bit interesting. That looks a bit clever. But it wasn't. Uh, Stan was the wrong guy, the wrong novice to punch. Yeah, John done ten times a better job. This was this was in a way Ireland 
Ireland's probably the FAI administration not accepting what Kerr tried to do, and was saying, "Oh, you're trying yeah. to, yeah. you're trying to, you're trying to bring us on, develop us. You're trying to give us something that we're not. We're not that. We're not. We are going to be Jack the lads. We're going to be the underdogs. We don't want to be. We don't want to try and be anything that we're not. Um, you know, and and that's why." You know, we've we've got Robbie Keane. He's one of the greatest. Like he's gonna, he's a really good top player. He goes. Everyone wants him in Europe, and he's look at you know he's played in Italy, and look at Damien Duff now, and look at John O'Shea playing in Champions League football. Whereas, so, you know, you, you can make, anyone can make them play. Anyone can do that. That's what I think the mentality was. And it was like, oh, we'll give it to Stan. He's a legend, and Stan will bring them all back together, and we'll all you know they can have a drink when they want because we'll. We'll always battle against Germany, and yeah. I, I, it was it's, it's, it's like a it's like a um like a Harlem Go- Globetrotters tour in a way, right? Because you look at it, we went to Stuttgart. Oh, that's brilliant, nostalgic, brilliant. Like you know, you kind of you get you get sidetracked by the crap results, but you, and it was like oh, well, they're going to bring this Ireland team to Cyprus, and they got turned over five two. But ah, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like it's fine, we'll beat them at home. It was just Mickey Mouse, proper Mickey Mouse. It was. You know, oh, oh well, we we're as good as Wales, and we'll probably beat them over two games. And then they, they, all right, they got one result. And I think the thing that gave the, in the background to back of my mind with all this is we were playing at Croke Park, and I think they just thought Croke Park's going to intimidate teams, and we'll get results because it's Croke Park, and everyone will have that feel good factor because it's there. And also, the FAI are going to rake in loads of money because it's Croke Park. I mean, we we played as well. You know, we, we we had Brazil over to to Croke Park later on, which I don't know if we're going to cover it, but but th- that's the next game after the Wales game. We had a friendly against Brazil. You know, we had all these games played in with the Germans in Croke Park, and I remember up in the corporate boxes and and stuff like that, they were handing out um, you know, you know, umbro hats basically with the game written on them, like Germany, Ireland, Germany, with you know, 13th October 2007 written on it. They were, that was the kind of, we were in this kind of corporate kind of thing. I think this is when the yeah. FAI really started trying to get into that. And this is where, obviously, what they were trying to do was attract new fans in for the home games with a bigger capacity. Because in the back of this, we're obviously developing the Aviva and they're trying to do all their dodgy deals on uh, on season tickets and keep the interest high and things like that um, for those games coming up when we go when we go home. Because that was another corporate event they're going to be trying to sell to the island fans and and this would have been, it was this would have been the start of the the vantage club this would have been exactly yeah, start That's of what it was. Wouldn't it? yeah that was what was muted and you know it was it was just everything was just so amateurish you know you know oh well we sack our manager who are we going to get in to bring in bring yeah. don gibbons in because john gibbons has been there for years we know what he's going to bring you know there was a lot going on in the background like i said i would be quite critical of like the likes of Robbie Keane, I think he was 25 or whatever he was. This is this is where he should be really. If he's going to be captain, well, lead your country then. You know, this this team should have achieved a lot more. They should have probably mm. qualified from this group, and they didn't. Well, why not? What went on? I I, I think we need to know in a well, way. Even, even, time to come even the like, even the even the Stephen Ireland stuff. I mean, I I, yeah. I I I don't want to just drop this in, but I I actually won an award for an article I did on Granny Gate. Just oh, thought I'd put that in there, lads. Oh. Then... <laughs> you shaved us fast. But one thing, one thing I raised in that article was I asked, where was Stephen Ireland's captain? I said, where was Stephen Ireland's captain in Granny Gate? Mm. And if you, like, we, we talk about Stephen Ireland being 21 at the time. Robbie Keane was only a young man at the time. He was only about 25. And 
maybe that was a complex situation for him for him to handle. But if you have Kenny Cunningham um, there for Granny Gate, uh, you know, it, it could be a very different outcome. If you Seamus Coleman there for Granny Gate, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? And, and again, like, I know we're singling out Robbie a lot in the last few weeks. Maybe we're just a little bit hurt about what's going on at the moment. But mm. from the top to the bottom and from the small little um, appointments like Robbie Keane, um, as captain, it was it was shambolic, and I'm not saying that Robbie Keane was a horrendous captain for Ireland. I mean, Jesus, he he led us to two Euros, but maybe at the time he was still 25. Maybe, maybe maybe there was different options there, and maybe it wasn't the right time for him to be appointed uh, uh, captain. My, my, my view on that, I think he 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 probably just looked at the stand and thought, Fuck, this bloke's like amateur. So what? Mm. Why am I gonna? Like he probably went with it, you know. He was it was embarrassing. Yeah. They used to sit in the press conferences and kind of giggle each other and take the piss out of the press and stuff. Like, you know, I don't know. You know, I know we've spoken about the modern, uh, the current squad and things like that, and whether you know they they all kind of socialise and drink and stuff. Is that drinking culture there? I, I don't know. With this squad, thinking about it, I don't know. They all are people who used to have a have a drink and have a bit of crack like that. Um, which is very much old school. I think Robbie was one for a bit of a party and a few of them, uh, Richard Dunn and Kilban maybe, uh, oh. you know, over the years. And Staunton certainly was, you know. And, and we all little rumours have come out since. And I think for this, all right, we are 14 years on from it. I think if, you know, with Paddy Kenny's one now who you can kind of get some vibes from that. He's not come, because he only played for Ireland seven times in his book, he doesn't cover Ireland greatly. Um, although he does follow, does reference the Faroe Island party with me. He doesn't name my name, which I respect. His thanks very much. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like he'd only had seven caps. But he he does refer to it as a bit Mickey Mouse, and that he was kind of held to account of by the manager then, and then he stepped away from Ireland. Well, that was a that's a, that's not a good look for you know Stephen Ireland has stepped away from Ireland under this manager. That's yeah. not good. If you, you know, look at it. If you look at it from the top down, there was no checks and balances put in place. You had, the, I mean, it, right, we, we're looking at this and we're thinking, right, after this, there should have been a, an inquest. What went wrong, lads? You look at the Iron Rugby team. That goes wrong. There's an inquest afterwards. Why didn't we get the best out of it? How much money we putting into it? What could we have done better? There was no inquest from the top to the bottom. Yeah, John Delaney, who was running the association the way he wanted to, he's surrounded with legends. He had, you know, the power was growing the whole lot. Um, he had a manager who didn't. He was just he knew was a legend, but also was had no right to be in the job he was in. But he was in it, so he wasn't going to question the the. He wasn't going to question uh, John Delaney the way Brian Kerr was, because Brian Kerr knew what was going on. You know that was another thing as well. Like there was no, there was never going to be pushback from Steve Staunton. So he's got a grand time. He's got a legend. That's fine. There's a bit of uh, goodwill there with the legend, which obviously dried up. I know that that spills down to the players as well. Like where yet again you'd have someone like Brian Kerr who's quite strong. And, you know, it's quite um, disciplinarian, I suppose, and, you know, uh, forensic approach and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they don't want that, the players. They're coming over. To, a lot of them are coming over to Ireland just for the piss-up, really, you know. And I uh, would get a result because we're Irish, you do it differently. And, you know, we've said this before, and Brian Kerr wants a more professional approach. And it was just easy. Everything was just easy for everybody. Like, no one was going to make any... The only people that were pushing back were the fans and the media. And they were going, whoa. All this about like you know there was there was no there was just no checks and balances at every level there was nothing being done properly there was no procedures there's no nothing and that's why we ended up with a very good side finishing third and way off the pace 
and it was just it was a disgrace. It really was a disgrace. And yeah, yeah. Anyone that says that Steve that the, the Stephen Kenny era is as bad as Stan era has not got a clue what they're talking about. Yeah. Look back at this. Squad. Look back. Yeah. This yeah. is a very good side. Very good side. And they were playing, you know, they were playing some for some very good teams as well. And it's just, yeah. 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 <laughs> as Amy Dulkey would say, where's my pen? Go and throw me yeah. pen. Yeah. It's just depressing. Yeah. An eventful one, even if it was just for a year and a bit, a year and a bit too long, really. But um, but that's all we have time for with the Stan episode. So, of course, you know, with these episodes, we kind of fly through them, but we will be covering Granny Gate in detail. We will be uh, covering the US tour in more detail um, in the summer. So, you know, there's there's plenty more to be digested and to be teased out. So we're going to be back on Thursday for a live so there's a good bit of stuff to cover. I've just been informed that Mark Travers has just scored a goal for the Bournemouth Academy team. So <laughs> we might what? be discussing we might be discussing his potential position sp- uh, switch, and we will be back on Monday to start the Trapattoni era. Hey, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Casual Wait. racism at its best. Okay. <laughs> Right, so we'll leave it there. We'll be back on Thursday. Give us any feedback you'd like. If there's anything we missed, send your complaints to David. And until then, (laughs) come on, you boys in green. (laughs) Had to throw that in there, David.